Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? It's uh, it's kind of a dreary day today where we're at, and we are in the car. Luckily, we got uh, a thermostatic type temperature going here, <laughs> uh, control at least. Uh. Um, and I'm feeling good. I'm a little tired, but like overall, my spirits are okay. Yeah. Um, I'm excited at like what the future may hold. I'm a little bit. Uh, dismayed at the past few days we but can, uh kc how are those reese's dude all four of them were terrific <laughs> they were fresh they Dang. were the right temperature to where the chocolate was still firm yet supple oh and then the peanut butter was moist not you know it gets a little bit crusty like a just a touch uh Ain't about that in a reese's yeah you know, like the peanut butter, gets, it's kind of crumbly sometimes. Those are the ones that you're eating from Halloween in, like, July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those those ones. But this one, <laughs> I mean, dude, this got pressed out in Hershey, Pennsylvania, like, mm. yesterday. Mm. Fresh delivery. Mm. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Well, I guess one thing I would say real quick is that if you're listening to this on the day that it releases, we are doing, which will be Friday, Right? Today's yep. Friday. Yeah, today's Friday. Um, <clears throat> November 30th. Yeah. We will be doing a live Q&A event about how the season is has gone for us, uh, any kind of tactical questions you might have for us, any personal questions. I mean, you can ask anything you want. Public land stuff. Public land stuff's cool. Uh, how our hunt's been going uh, the last few days or last month or... KC, why have all your bucks disappeared in Texas off your property? Oh, because they died. They died <laughs> everywhere. Um, uh, yeah. uh, honestly, like, if you want to talk about how to make the messiest truck, 
that you could humanly possibly do, we are the guys to talk we to. We can answer that no, question. We can answer that question for you. So if, uh, if it's close to 6.30 p.m. Central Time right now when you're listening, then you need to just go over there, put pause on this, and go over there and ask us a question. Yeah. If it is prior to that, you can send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook and or through the website and let us know a question you might have. Or you can comment in the uh, live video comment section. Yep. So anyway, go check that out if it's close to 630. Otherwise, let's move on. Um, man, it has been a Wild West week, it feels Woo, like. Oh, my goodness, it has. Uh, I kind of feel like it went by really fast. I do, too. Yeah. Is that because it was like one less day than the last trip or something? Uh, maybe. Or it might have been like the kind of deal where, okay, so let, I'll tell you all kind of what happened is we were post, post We were supposed <laughs> to leave on Sunday, and I got really, really, really sick, and we couldn't leave, so we left on Monday. And you had kind of, CWD or I did. DHD, yeah, a combination, of same both. thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it kind of just like messed the schedule up in my mind or something, you know. And then the whole trip, I've been trying to get over this little sickness that I have. And we spent the first day and a half all on the same property, and I think that's really what made it go faster for me specifically was the the fact that three hunts were spent like pretty much in the same spot. And then after that, like, we felt like, or at least I felt like, I got to hunting when I started bouncing around and going different places and trying new stuff, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that, if you felt the same about that. Or, I don't know that that's, that's how I feel about the old speed of the trip, the mental speed. Because, like, even when we were bouncing around the last couple of days and, yeah. we, and, you know, my dad and Drew have been in camp, um, He'll be. He'll appreciate that mention. By yeah, the way. he will. <laughs> he, he needs some notoriety, right? He does. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, even like the the lunchtime period, like we haven't really had that when it's just you and me, kind of chilling, you yeah. know, and doing our thing. So like our lunchtime, and especially when in the the rutcation part of our you know out of state trip, we were like rattling. It seemed like we yeah. hardly even stopped for lunch. We'd grab something real quick. And then we'd take off and go rattle or, you know, we're doing something. And, you know, when they were there, we'd kind of go back see, and visit with them a little bit. And it was also uh, pretty warm weather a few days. And, yeah. But, like, even those lunchtime periods were, like, I felt, like, flying by, mm-hmm. like, so short. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I don't know. And yesterday, obviously, for reasons that we will tell you in a little bit, was, like, a very, very short uh, lunch period or whatever yeah. but um anyway yeah man it's been crazy i don't know i don't even know like where to begin this podcast really i don't Just know start from the beginning i man. mean do we tell the story of what i think we um use a little like illusion huh. like elude to some things elude we're going to use illusion or illusion we're gonna illusionally tell them some I, illusions i don't think i think it's with an e an right e. So I was if, thinking it was an A. A Lou, ooh, you could, but it could a, be a with Lou. an I too. It could be with an I. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Could it be with a U because that would be almost all the vowels. Right? Illusion. Yeah. Um, We're gonna yeah. to a few things. Okay, right? so you you got it seems like you got an idea with some one of these spellings of illusion. Mm, okay, so um, the last time we were up here, we got some permission places 
Yeah. And we were pretty hyped about them for good reason. They're really good properties. And you're batting like 450 at the time. Oh my goodness! Like it was going real well for my phone calls. Um, and we decided that like that was going to be one of the places that we really spent a decent amount of time because the last morning we were here on our rutcation hunt, uh, we saw like a 150 plus on this place and a lot of deer activity. Fast forward to now. The whole trip, like on the way, we're just hyped about going to that spot. Like, can't wait to get back there. Can't wait to get back there. And that's the place we spent the first three hunts. The first evening we got there actually was a really good hunt for me. I feel like you had a harder hunt. On the first? The first evening, evening. right? Because where I sit up, I'm on... We're we're looking across a stubble field at each other, about 300 yards. Yeah. And... Through the binos and everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Having to pee opposite directions and all kinds of stuff. Got to watch out. Um, But never uh, know in case he's filming you across the field. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm set up on a creek between a CRP field and a stubble field. Tyler is set up on a tree line of a woodlot next to the stubble field. Both are decent places where we'd seen deer before. that night ended up being a lot better for me uh, because I saw a lot of deer coming out of that CRP. You got straight and up surrounded. Straight up surrounded. I got donadoed is what I <laughs> you did. Co- coined the term that evening. I think, yeah, you were on video saying that. Yeah. Thing. That was a uh, cool term. I think I might use it in the future, man. <clears throat> yeah. Um, if y'all want to use that, just get in touch with me and I'll, I'll uh, you release know, the trademark yeah, rights. I'll, I'll give you some, <laughs> <laughs> some rights to to use that and if not you will be receiving a cease and desist letter just kidding okay so <laughs> but i i was like was in this tree like eight foot off the ground and their doe like 13 does like on all sides of me halfway smelling me not understanding what's happening and stressing me out for a good solid hour and finally they spook a little bit just like kind of bump which was good but it took way too long and then there was a buck somewhere in that Right? Didn't you see a buck, or I saw a buck go into you? I saw a buck that first evening. That's right. It's the right at dark. A buck cut from the other end of your woodlot Mm -hmm. over, kind of to where I was, but it was getting too late. He was feeding when I first saw him, and he was very chill. And I was like, I could tell right off that's a buck. You know, I mean, a lot of times when you see a deer by itself this time of year, you you can kind of assume it's a buck. Yeah. But uh, he's chilling. Yeah, and what then I grunted at it and it didn't care because there was probably 20 does down there at the corner of that property, yeah. and that's where he was going. And then, Do you see my hand right now? Uh, all these yeah. little dots all over uh-huh. it? That's from these these eventually, these eventually have worked more and more onto my hand, but some of these are from rattling at that buck. Oh, yeah, that's right. He wouldn't look, and no. I just got like I was hitting him as hard as I could. Yeah. And he was not listening. And that's something that kind of played out throughout this trip. I don't know if we had a single deer respond positively to rattling, except maybe one, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, <laughs> then after that buck left my vision, I looked to my right, and I saw a buck cutting across the CRP field. And it was at that moment it got too dark, and Tyler and I are texting, hey, do you want to come back here in the morning? And we pretty much both decided, yeah, this is worth it. Like we saw a decent amount of deer tonight. Let's come back. You saw 15 deer? Well, that's what you said. That's 15 deer, like, in that general area, but I was seeing deer way off, right, too, right, you right. know, and you were seeing some deer way off as well, I think, a couple yeah. bucks, right? Yeah. So, um, 
We decided to come back the next morning, leave the stands in the tree, which I love. Can I just tell you, <laughs> I love being oh. able to walk up to a stand in the mornings. Mm. Like, the morning hanging hunt life is a drag. It, it is. It is a drag, but it does pay off sometimes. It does, but I'll tell you this. Uh, last year when we killed Nameless, yeah. we did not hang stands that morning. We did not. No, it's this a lot morning, quieter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this morning, we're literally still setting up, and I'm like, there's a buck. Yeah. 20 yards. No you know? kidding. Um but anyway, <clears throat> then that, that first morning of the trip, right? We head back in, and we have very different hunts than the night before. I don't have any close encounters with any deer. I just see deer in the distance. But I do see one very important deer: a deer that enters your woodlot. Named. From, <laughs> named. What is he named? I don't know. Kickers Ooh. or stickers? What did you say earlier? Kickers. kickers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have to explain it, and we're not getting too creative with this guy because we have a very brief history with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Casey. it's a good way to, like, you can't just say the eight, right? Right, because there's a lot of eight Six points of out them there. or something, yeah. Um, so I had set up this spot the afternoon before, and it was... I don't know if this is a case of me being a touch lazy or not, but we were going to hunt the same, pretty much same wind and same spots as we did the night, the night before the next morning. So the way my setup was is um, I was set up so I could see a lot of country to just kind of like call, I guess, some. And also, I don't know, it's just fun to watch you like do what you do in the stand i guess you know yeah and we talked about like being able to video each other across the field would be pretty sweet yeah yeah and so i had set up pretty close to the north side of this um particular wood lot and i mean i was pretty much on it you know i was on the on the tree on the north edge of it thinking that deer would come i had a feeling they'd come from my west and come down the, the tree line there check some of the scrapes that we've seen and come right in front of me and I had maybe kind of a little shot to the back, but man, there was so much brush to the back and I was cautious or, you know, I thought about it for sure, but I guess I wasn't cautious enough about some of that brush. Um, but I should have known that if a buck was coming through the wood lot, that he wouldn't be on the north side on a north wind. And my assumption or my lack of assumption, it hurt me in the end. The buck comes out in the middle of the woodlot, down a ways from me, kind of in an opening, and I see him. He's probably 75 yards. Mm. He's working to to me, but not exactly. He comes in through the middle of this, and this woodlot's a real thin strip. I mean, I I can't shoot across it, but it's probably like 80 yards wide, Mm -hmm. maybe 90 yards wide. And he comes through basically the dead middle of it i'm kind of on the lane just about on the north side and he probably ends up about 35 yards from me and he's going to work to where he's downwind of me my wind is like a north northwest he's coming from the west and so he's going to hit my downwind side so i'm like i kind of need to do something but i'm going to see if he gets to an opening here at like 30 35 yards he was on that trajectory like kind of milled out milled around and flattened out and next thing i know he's getting close to my downwind stuff so i'm like okay well i'm gonna anticipate a little bit here and just try to try to hopefully you know what you kind of want to do i feel like in a situation like this 
is you don't want him to get like close to the edge of your wind because he's just going to, as soon as he starts cutting to you and slightly downwind, he's going to hit your wind, right? Mm-hmm. You want to give him a buffer so that like most bucks are not going to go um, at a perpendicular trajectory to you and your wind. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they're, they're going to come at you, but also downwind a little close bit. Close distance and try to get downwind. Exactly. So, so I'm trying to give that, like, I'm trying to give a little bit of a buffer there um, so that, like, by the time he gets to my wind, he's at 25 yards in an open lane or whatever, you know? So I hit him with, um, I think I, I think I hit him with a mouth grunt, maybe? I can't remember what I did first. Anyway, there was a mixture of, like, mouth grunt, and I just barely took my rattling horns. It was super still. It was very tough to do, and I'm trying to film this whole thing. I end up getting zero footage of this buck. <laughs> the only, actually, the only footage of him, uh, my 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 lens is focused at like four feet, and so like he's at you know 60 yards at this point. So you can imagine what that looks like. Um, anyway, I I get him, um, I hit him with just like the lightest little tine tickling thing. I've heard. You know, I've been blessed to hear a few buck fights, and I, I've heard one between uh, some little, like, spikes, you know, mm-hmm. little, like, little 1.5s. Dinkers. And uh, anyway, he, I tried to mimic that, you know, and he immediately looks up and starts coming to me, and I'm like, this is about to happen. There's a tree 15 yards, maybe, from the tree that I'm in that you and I set up in last time. Oh, that one. If I had set up in that tree, I would smoke this deer, okay? Uh-huh. Well, he comes to, like, 25 and just looks around, and he's looking through, like, this grass and tumbleweed stuff, and he, he realizes that there's not a deer there where that rattle came from. You know, I, I, I can, he, can, he thinks he can see it all, I yeah. guess. And so he just kind of turns around and mills off where I kind of proceed to, like, overcall and, and spook him <laughs> out of the country. Maybe. I think. Right? Uh, yeah, we're not sure. Um the, the bad thing is I didn't get footage. The good thing is we ended up getting trail camera video of this guy. So he's at, not spooked out of the country. So he's not spooked out of the no. country. But but he seemed like it at the time. Yes, he did. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Yeah. I was I was basically clipped on, ready to go. I had to, I had the camera focused at three yards or five yards because he was there's a trail that goes right next to my tree that he was going to hit mm-hmm. and just never did. Man, that's crazy and when you texted me that that all happened i could believe it but i just could not believe it at the same because like i knew that deer like when i saw him go in the woods i was like tyler's gonna see that buck yeah like he's he's cruising he ain't like gonna go in there in bed Mm -hmm. you know and you did and it just almost happened like so close man so close and i just i don't know i i knew he was a good buck yeah. Didn't know how big because he's kind of narrow. And I never, I was, I was, I didn't actually talk about this uh, any more than I made the big deal about it the first. But my tether rope kept hanging up on, I had trouble getting my bow in my hand because my, uh, my bow hanger was, was a step, like a uh-huh. screw in step. Well, to get in this tree, I couldn't get a stick around the base of it. The rope, my wasn't, long rope wasn't long enough, so I had to use a screw in. Which there goes my bow hanger. So my bow is hanging on some weird limb, like behind me. It, it was I had to do like a three sixty to get my bow, and then turn back around while this deer's at like seventy yards. So this included with my tether, like hanging up in my camera arm, 
and then trying to get the camera all situated oh it was just a it was a hassle and a debacle and I ended up uh not able to get it done and couldn't ever really get a good look at the buck either yeah and so but I could tell you that when he looked at me at like 25 yards or not at me but in my direction I could tell he was heavy decent time length and he had two matching kickers on his what I assumed were G2s that came out the sides and when Tyler told me and the other two guys in camp this we were like yeah cool yeah kind of like a like because ah! I was I was like I think he had two stickers is yeah. what I said and and, and I just like because I, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's like over talking sure. anything you know I want to make sure that like if I know if I say something that it's a for sure deal yeah. you know and he, he ended up, he did have two kickers. He did. He does. <laughs> he currently does. He's a stud, man. Uh-huh. Um, but so how are you going to fix that deal with the tether rope? Like, <clears> that <throat> when you talk, when we talked about this stuff before we started podcasting, like, we really wanted to emphasize learning whenever we go and do stuff like this, right? right? Like, learning how to, because... A thing we've been talking about is how many close calls we've had, oh, right? Yes. If we can, we can't do everything about the close calls, right? Sometimes they're just going to happen. And it's good that you're having close calls. That means you're in the deer. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be some little things that we can tweak that turn some of these close calls into shots, right? Yeah, or right, into right. dead deer. And that's what we're really trying to make happen. So yeah. in this particular moment, how can you help me and everyone else listening to understand how to rig their harness to the tree better if they're filming or, you know, not getting in the way of bow or whatever. Right. Well, okay, so there's a couple things that I would probably do. And just real quick to just kind of extend or elaborate on what you were just kind of saying, you know, like I always, I've heard this before and I feel like it's very true, but like when a team, when a football team gets a new coach, um, like they have to there's usually not the first time the first year that that coach is there usually isn't the year that it happens and they go to the you know the championship right. game or whatever right so like the the thing is the coach a good coach teaches his players how to win close games yeah that's the that's where it starts you know you can't just like become Alabama all of a sudden you mm-hmm. know what i mean like you what you'll so what you'll do in that first year or that second year is you'll lose a lot of close games. Yeah. Because your your guys have just not learned how to win. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that maybe that what we're doing, you know, how we are trying to how we're attempting to make things work right now, how we're on new properties and these different things, like all this combined is such a new thing is and and we're I feel like we're doing a good enough job <clears throat> you know, using our heads and trying to get ourselves in the game. And that's why we're making these, having these close calls. But I feel like that we're in that stage where we're like, we're losing, we're losing the games just barely every time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to where, and it's obviously different than football too. You well, you're know not going to win as many games in hunting because you only, <laughs> as soon as you win one game, you're done playing. Yeah, you know, exactly. For most people. So, right. so. Uh, it's going to be a different scenario. And, you know, I, I would love to go back and have a 10-win season as a high school football player, but I don't want to I don't want to have, like, I don't want to win every game hunting. Right. You know what I mean? Because well, I mean, then you're not hunting anymore. It's right. just not as much fun. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's and that's part of it, for but sure. So it's, it's different. All, the, the analogy works. Right, yeah. So, anyway, the tether rope. Um, 
I have two uh, carabiners, big carabiners on there. And um, this, okay, can I help explain something here? Yep. So your harness is something you put on, right? right. And then it has a rope out the back of it. Yeah. And then are you calling your tether that rope or is your tether the no, other thing? The the rope, this an extra rope. Okay, so it's yeah. the thing your harness hooks to. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, you've got like a two foot extend, extending part of your harness that you hook this tether rope gotcha. to. Gotcha. Okay. And the I've got a, a carabiner on each end. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I usually will do is uh, I'll have it clipped to my like waist um, holes or whatever on the side of my waist when I'm going up. In is case, that the official term for this? Uh, yes, that's definitely Probably. not official. Okay, just uh, making sure. So uh, anyway, that'll help me like if I'm if I'm hanging a stick or a stand or whatever. The lineman know, belt style. It's a lineman belt style yeah. thing. And so uh, when I get up into the tree, the first thing I try to do is if I have all my like base layer type stuff on. Um, if I don't, I guess then I put on like you know, for instance, my heavyweight uh, merino. merino or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I'll put that on real quick. Try to do it very carefully, and then I put my harness back on overall, like my base layer type stuff, before I put on jackets. And then, um, so you know, one tip is I always, for some reason, I put my jackets on right arm first. You got to make sure that the the where you tether to on your harness is is you basically always want to make sure that's like slung over your shoulder your opposite shoulder that you're putting your first arm into that's how i do it and i put uh put one sleeve in and then you pull the jacket up from underneath and put put it on that way you're always just be conscious because you'll have to take a jacket off if you don't sometimes mm-hmm. um but just make sure that your your tether's sticking out basically the neck or whatever so uh then um my so I I tag I put one tag or one end on you know with clipping on to the vest and then clip the other end I throw it around a tree or a limb and clip it onto itself the rope with the other carabiner kind of tight cinch it down and I cinch it down and that's not super effective if it's if it's a limb you want to make sure it's not a dead limb mm-hmm. and if it is a limb. You want to make sure it holds you, and you will usually have a much better tether experience, I feel like. Yeah. But if you have to go around the tree, and this is this is the issue, is that if I had, like, one stand tree or two stand trees, I would just adjust my tether length and everything else how I mm-hmm. needed in that stand. But since we're hanging in different trees almost every hunt, it seems yeah. like, you, you're just going to have to deal with it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, I, if I had, like some kind of a so you have like a prusik knot or whatever i guess yeah, is what it's called yeah I, yeah i don't know the fancy word for it. it's like a um a logger's knot you know yeah. like you, they uh it's, how it, do you explain how it works it looks like a noose yeah and you pull on it like away from the knot and it's going to hold tight to the rope yeah and if you put your hand on the knot and slide it up and down the rope it works easily right and it works really good in the scenario you're talking about because I can cinch it down to the tree and right. like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And it, it's adjustable in length, right? So like today, for instance, where we hunted, uh, Tyler and I were on the same tree, like really a, about the same height and my rope kind of needed to be a little bit lower so I could just adjust that Prusik knot, Prusik knot, I don't remember how you say it, um, out, give myself a touch more slack to where my tether is actually 
kind of hitting the tree about the same place as the seat of my stand. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I like it a lot of times. I, yeah. like, I like my tether down low. I know you're probably going to fall further. further yeah, uh, but, and, I mean, I don't know. I can't stand having a tight tether. No. I cannot stand I it. I mean, you're not going to have a tight one. Like, if you hunt to where you might sit or stand and, you know, if you're hunting a decent amount of time, you're going to want to do both of those things because sitting all day or standing all day is not fun. Right. So you're going to have, like, a moment when it's pretty loose. Yeah. And it's just the way it kind of works. So I like to put it down there low. That way it's out of the way of everything. Yeah. You know, you don't have any issues with your bow, any issues with the camera arm, none of that. Also, we're hunting together. So, like, if you fall a long ways and can't get back under the tree, like... yeah. You know, most of the time I'm there to like I'd be there to help you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I did test my harness uh, on this you trip. You did, but you were <laughs> you were fun, uh, lineman style when I you was, did that. I and was. It kind of worked. Yeah, I did. I was. Uh, we were climbing up a dead tree, uh, which is maybe was, not the smartest yeah. thing. And it was kind of small. And uh, my man, my sticks. I need to do a review on them on YouTube. To there's some great things about them, and there's some things that I really don't like. But they tend to uh, be a little uh, spongy and not stick very mm-hmm. good. I, when you put your stick on the tree this morning, I was like, I love these sticks. Dude, I thought that too. It was so, so solid. I've dogged those Hawk Razor Maxes a little bit because they're kind of heavy and a little bit cumbersome. But, man, you can, like, climb up a tree upside down on those things. Uh, you know, yeah. like, they stick to the dang tree. And you know what else I like about them is that those feet stick out. Yeah. As opposed to right up against the trunk of the tree. Yeah, they're so not like you're not like tiptoeing. Like you can get like the arch of your foot on that thing. Right. And it's, it's pretty solid, but yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. Anyway, I was, I stepped, one of my sticks gave a little bit as I'm like trying to put, and I was on like eight foot up, but I had my lineman's belt, you know, around the tree or whatever. And so I start going. It was and, slow-mo uh, fall, It too. was slow-mo. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and so, like, I just start going, and I basically, like, the tree's leaning a little bit, so I just did this, like, spin around the tree, and I'm just sitting there looking like uh, Mowgli hanging onto the tree, you know, or whatever. And uh, it's just, it, I was not very high up, and I had to, I can't remember, I think I had to hand you the stand back that you were handing yeah. me when I slid. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. We anyway. were also, okay, so when that happened, that was, um, I don't remember what day it was but it's we're back on that same place again and we're trying to get really really sneaky oh it's that evening from the morning oh so we're back on track on our story are we yeah how about it's, that? it's the evening after tyler had that encounter with that that big buck uh we're gonna try to like sneak in and like bump and dump style hunt him and we had a little pattern of him leaving the woodlot uh in the evenings from this corner so we snuck in really quietly took a different access route because of wind and visual seclusion and uh we're trying to be as sneaky as possible climbing this tree (laughs) because we know there's deer bedded within 100 yards and tyler's falling out of the tree (laughs) yeah you had seen does go in there and i I was sitting on the other end so i know they didn't come out yeah they're in there somewhere and so they were bedded in the stick stuff you know and yeah, I just like rage this tree and the <laughs> the bark is like. Yeah. Which speaking of the bark, one of the funnier moments in the stand. You uh, what were you? Oh, you were trying to screw in. I was uh, trying to do your screw bow, bow hanger, hanger. <laughs> which is legal where we're at. Yeah, it is on you know private or whatever. Yeah. So uh, anyway, you start screwing that thing in, and it's like it it the bark is off of the tree, but it's still like. It's on the tree, but it's but the inside, whatever they call like the between the bark and the yeah. 
like the um, inside, the, I guess the actual wood of the tree had shrunk and the bark was still the same size. So there was like a gap and it was loose. Yeah, you, a big old pig out there. Is that a big pig? It's a dog, I think. Oh, it's a, that's a It looked like a dog. pig at first. It is a woolly dog. That's the wooliest dog I've ever seen. Yeah, anyways, so the xylem and the phloem, right? Is okay. that what we're talking about? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and then so you screw in and you can't get it to bite into the wood or whatever. So you start like peeling the bark. <laughs> I like come off with a birch bark canoe off the side of this tree. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, and then I'm holding this thing like it's no, a, it was like dumping in your bag. Remember? Oh, that's right! All the stinking little bug shavings. Yeah, we're like dumping in my bag. Like, well, that's cool. And he was, he goes, he goes, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do. That. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you had yeah. to be there, but it was funny. And then I'm sitting here holding this thing like it's, uh, you know. I don't know, a baby horse. Like, it's big, you know. Like, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I can't drop it because it's going to be loud when it hits the ground and yeah. scare off everything. So, like, I just kind of, like, stuck it up in this other little tree right next to <laughs> yeah. it. So I was like, that's going to fall when the buck comes in The later. worst time. The yeah. worst. I always think of that. I, like, if I break off a limb or something, I'm like, Dad gummit, I don't <laughs> what know what do to this? do with this because <laughs> it's going to fall as soon as he comes in. Yep, yeah, it can happen, for sure. But it can happen, and we will talk about what... Uh, uh, the un, un, uh, unplanned, yes, unforeseen, inconvenient, inconvenient, inconvenient yep. things that can happen. Yep. Um, anyway. that evening was kind of lackluster. Right? Yeah, did we see... We just saw does at a distance, and that's it. And, oh, did we not I see, see the buck? No, we didn't see the buck that night. Um, we... Uh, we did, however, have deer get up from a bed 60 yards from us. Yeah. So Two our different plan worked. times. Yeah. Yeah. Plan worked. Those does were in there. We didn't spook them. And they went away that we didn't expect them they to They went go. away from us. So yeah. here's, like, one of those unanswered questions that you, like, there's no way to ever know. But, like, did they hear us enough to be deterred from exiting that direction? Or was it just luck of the draw? They went that way. Right. You know, or, like... They heard us, but they didn't spook. But they're like, ah, I don't know what's going on over there. So yeah. I'm gonna go over here. Another thing about this place is that the deer, although not, I don't think there's pressure per se, too bad, but they are very skittish because there is umpteen billion coyotes at this place. Man. We saw coyotes like multiple coyotes every sit. Yeah. Yeah, and you shot at one early one I shot one at one, just dumb. Just I was just, it's, it's one of those, like, November 27th or whatever day it was, and I haven't let an arrow go yet <laughs> since in literally a year at anything. You said that your tactic on coyotes is different than on most things, yeah. right? Yeah, it's called it's lack like, of focus. It's like <laughs> flinging arrows kind of thing. Yeah, I just don't. Like, remember that one I shot last year, like, 10 yards, and I didn't hit it very good, you yeah. know? Like, I just, I just don't focus and i probably should but i know i should but i just uh i just like, trying to get like, it done going away, go away <laughs> you know how many look at that calf with I that know. piece of paper in his mouth <laughs> the other calves are chasing him <laughs> what is going on it's a weird place <laughs> this is a weird spot right here uh anyways um i got distracted That's right. so that evening we didn't see a whole lot yeah and um for some reason we decided to go back again in the morning i think it's right. because we had a morning pattern from the day before and we were yeah. unsure if that buck was spooked that bad yeah. and uh ends up we go back in the morning another morning where we get to go in and just climb in the tree like it was so good yeah i told you on the way in i was like dude i'm just gonna sit here and enjoy this hunt and, and i feel like one thing that to be noted is that we we tried to keep conscious of this uh-huh but it can slip you can slip into 
being a little bit lazy yeah. with that. You I know think what I mean? We were that morning, and it's possible that that happened. But you know, I I always try to pose the question when we're talking about where to go the next morning. I'm like, but are we just being lazy? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think if you can keep that in the back of your mind, most of the time you won't be, and there will be a few times where you are. And I think on that particular morning. <clears throat> It was a mixture of two things. It was it's supposed to be a good win for well, one. Supposed that spot. to be, uh, and then two, we were being maybe a touch lazy, and then there's a deer right there, yeah. and then three, we were mystified by the permission property. Yeah, I yeah. think that was a big thing for us. I think that was kind of almost a motif for the first couple of days of this hunt. Was that. Man, we are just so hyped about getting this permission, and this is a great place, and we're going to try to get more permissions. But I think we were just, like, so hyped up on it that we thought we had to go back because it was such a great option. Yeah, right? we didn't have to mess with anybody. And oh, it, was it was the first day of rifle, First day of rifle. Yeah. We were concerned with the public yep. uh, thing. And we're like, we didn't oh. didn't want to get shot. <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to get shot. And we're like, oh, people are going to push deer us or whatever. And then none of that happened. Like, we didn't even see anybody, like, yeah. out rifle hunting or whatever. So, um I don't know. We ended up having a decent hunt, I suppose. But yeah, it was it was fun. Do yeah. you remember? Yeah, we yeah, had so the, a little. Uh, the pattern worked. The pattern worked. It was a different buck. Uh, yeah. Actually, don't. Uh, yeah, we we know which buck this is off of trail camera stuff. I think yeah. now. Yeah. He's a three year old eight point. He's good. Who, solid yeah, eight. Solid eight. Like public land, definite shooter. You know. Uh, couldn't uh, but tell. Private permission, definite oh, shooter. Oh yeah, too, I mean, that's know? in my mind. That's kind of how I had it. Sorry. Right. Uh, yeah, like not a not a trophy animal representative of the species. Yes, let's, let's go out of state and shoot this deer. deer. Yeah. Um, so he comes up and does the exact same thing the buck the day before does, except he is about hundred yards further away from where we thought he was going to be. Yep. Back up a little bit. Cool things happened. The cool things did happen. Okay. This buck, we see him uh, out in the ag field early, like as soon as it's daylight. And it goes like there's a deer, and then like 30 seconds later it's a touch lighter, and you can say, okay, it's a buck. And then you can say, ah, I see antlers on it. And then like, and you're like, I think he, I don't know if he's a shooter. Ah, and then I'm like, I can see him maybe. Ah. Then you're like, holy cow. And like, oh, he's getting bigger. <laughs> and then once we kind of figure out what he's got going on in his head, he walks over to this center pivot and makes a scrape on one of the water nozzles coming oh, off of that thing. It was rubbing, so cool. He was just, like, enjoying it. It was, yeah. like, rubbing his head all over it. was it. neat, dude. It was. And then he proceeded to not come to the corner where we were sitting, which we thought he would, but cut straight across the middle of an open field. Yes, which is dumb. Dumb. And we tried to call to well, actually we started with rattling okay and this is something that kind of uh we, we may have learned out. on this trip <laughs> is that maybe rattling is reserved for the heart of the rut and pre-rut because i don't know if we had well the yearbook that you almost had the chance at responded to tink, tinkling horns right mm. like just little bitty guys but besides that is every, tinkling the right word there I, is that I, a T- you tinkle them or you tickle them? <laughs> Tinkling's what you do. Oh my gosh. Uh, tickle, you can tinker. You yeah. could tickle. You could tink them together, I guess. Tink, 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 tink 69. You could tink, tink them together. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> tinkling horns. Uh, that, that buck we tried to rattle at at 300 yards away, 
And I'm pretty sure we'll have to go back and look at footage, and you'll be able to see this on uh, day two or three or whatever it is of this series uh, whenever it launches. But uh, I think pretty instantaneously did not like that and started scooting across pasture pretty good. Yep, yep. And then kind of did the tail flicker thing. Yeah. And, and yep. it wasn't like a and then gone. You know, he was just like, eh, that's weird. And yeah. uh, got on down the road. Well, then I grunted at him a couple times, and his demeanor changes quite a bit. He calms down. He's looking, he starts walking, grunt again, he looking, stops walking. I changed the tone of the grunt, and I think that made a big difference, you yeah. know. And it might be something for y'all to try. You know, if you got a deer that's listening to your grunt but not do it, changing what he's doing, you know, maybe change the uh, emphasis on the note. That's kind of what I did. I, I did a shorter, like, yeah, kind of thing. More of and, a bark kind of thing. And it was instantaneous again. He, It's not like he like looked and then turned 90. He just like turned 90 and then came when he heard that. Yeah. It was almost like a, okay, yes, sir, kind of thing or something. And then Tyler and I are like, all right, it's about to happen. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it, we like changed modes. We're like, we went into kill mode, like just getting ready for the shot. Hey, Tyler, take the camera. Get your camera ready. This deer's going to come in on my side to shoot. We're not moving too much. Um, and this deer is pretty much walking a beeline right to us, right? Is it beeline or V-line? Beeline, I think I it's beeline. Yeah. I wonder if that's what that's in reference to. I was thinking about that actually this morning. I wonder if it's like a World War II thing, like a B-52 bomber or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, write in if you know what that is. Uh, so he's making a beeline right to us, okay? And then after he closed, what, 50 yards? Just Yeah, speak about. And it, he, he kind of stopped, and we don't know why. We weren't moving at all. No. I mean, it was like, and we had been moving before that. Yeah. But, when, like, we were still whenever he did this. And I don't know if it was a deal where he caught some scent, because he was past our scent stream at this point. But maybe there's a swirl or something, but he didn't act like a deer who had smelled something. He acted like a deer who saw something, and I know he didn't see us, unless he could just see the two blobs in the tree and didn't like it. That's all I can figure, man. Yeah. Or, no, 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 I had another hypothesis. Okay. He may have seen a coyote. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because whenever he did that, he actually wasn't looking right at us, I don't think. He looked to our left and then got out of there. Yeah. So he may have been like I hear grunt over there and then he sees a coyote and he's like uh-uh uh-uh I ain't doing that he you was know? definitely close to a downwind location too so. yeah so but I mean uh, one way or another yeah he pretty much took off we were like what in the world like how many times can we just get so close yeah and apparently we didn't know that there was more times we could get <laughs> apparently <close>. not <laughs> <laughs> so I don't oh, really know what before we move on from that hunt, okay we uh, he takes off and so we're sitting there kind of bummed out. We're talking about stuff, I mean, quietly, you know. And and uh, all of a sudden, I look out where that buck kind of was, and I'm like, what Ooh. is that? It's something moving small. I got a coyote. Put my binos up. Roosters. Five roosters. Raging. Ru- raging. Out, roosters. In this, <laughs> out in this ag field. And we're, like, like spotting them, right? We're like. They're figuring out where they're going, plotting them or whatever. They're on the edge of this, like, little CRP yeah, yeah. thing. And Tyler and I, like, devise a plan. He's like, all right, dude, you stay in the tree. Keep your eyes on them. I'm going to go get the shotgun out of the truck, and we're going to go back and shoot them. Well, I lost them once they got into the taller stuff. 
but we did go out and Tyler successfully shot a pheasant, yeah. a rooster. Yeah. And we saw We jumped like six birds, and oh, only one of them was a rooster, yes. and I dusted him off pretty good. Yeah. And, but, but he got him good, and we're going to eat a pheasant later. That's so right. He was good. a big one, too. I've shot yeah. some pheasants. That may have been the biggest pheasant I've yeah. ever shot. And he wasn't a real old, according to the Spurs, I wouldn't say. You really? know, but the one was The one was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know much about him. Yeah, I don't, I don't but, either. Uh, anyways, he's, he was a big bite bird, I think. It's, you a, know, it's the prettiest bird I've ever shot. You oh, know? Yeah, he's a nice big old white ring around his neck. They're just and then, unreal. After that, we packed up our stands and left, and I spotted a pheasant on public as we were driving by in a tree. In a tree. And I was like, hold, stop. <laughs> Is <laughs> that a pheasant in that tree? <laughs> What's a coddle bird? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But uh, we ended up putting a stalk on those birds, and gummit if he didn't jump up just a little bit too soon. Yeah. There ended up being three birds in that bush, and it was two hens and a rooster. But uh, he, I don't he's really know. pretty far out there. Uh, what, where else to go from there? But I think for the, like, the sake of time, maybe we should fast forward to like another close encounter. Yeah, that, Does that sounds sound good. good. Okay. I mean... I, I mean yeah, I think I think one thing to be said about the, that hunt is that we learned pretty quick that we felt at the time that, like, we were messing with one buck over uh-huh. there, like one yes. little three-year-old or something, yes. and we were like, Preach, brother. what? We felt at the time that it was like, let's go somewhere where there's more shooter opportunities mm-hmm. there, you know? Like, we're sitting here messing with But in hindsight, after checking our trail camera on that property just a second ago, I think that what the issue is is that it's just not it's a lot of open country it's not that much daytime movement yeah you know what i mean yeah in in, in the uh this kind of like post rut area that there's we're in four shooters over there yeah yeah and we had no clue that there was i mean we have i guess we had seen two of them but we technically didn't know there was any more than one yeah and so anyway we i think you just a lesson to be learned is that there wasn't, there just wasn't, it wasn't eat up with, with daytime movement, uh, but there, you know, obviously there's a, there was a little bit of it, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's just not quite like you're going to see all four of them in the same day like it it's is in not, the rut. It's not know, raging rut. over there right now. It's just a little bit of raging. Um, so anyway. Anyway, so sometime later in the week, we decide to make the long trek out to a place that we'd hunted previously on our last rut trip yeah uh it's uh open country spot and if y'all remember from i think it was day three or two there was several days of yeah stuff but going on. That particularly like there was a time when i stalked a buck that was bedded down day one day one. Oh, it was uh remember midday we spooked him yeah that's right and then we ended up driving up further and seeing you saw him mm-hmm. and yep. we have since named that buck slippy slippy Okay, so Tyler and after I just, uh, Star Fox, after right? Star Fox, that's right. If you're back from those N64 days, you know all about old Slippy. He Slippy, was annoying. This um, buck, this buck this is, is nothing like Slippy. Nothing though. like it, but weak, also weak and timid and annoying. No, yeah. this buck is. He's more like on the Falco side of things. Yeah. But um, anyways, uh, <laughs> we decided to go back to this place because <clears throat> something we didn't like about. Uh, that place we had been hunting is that you couldn't see quite as as far. You know, a lot of trees and stuff. And uh, we knew we could go over here and at least, like, put eyes on some deer and try to get aggressive because once you get, like, that in your blood, like that whole, like, running gun, go to him kind of thing, it's kind of hard to shake. Like, you kind of miss it when you don't get it some, you know? Yeah. So we decided to go try to do this, some of that with the decoy and try to do all that action. 
Well, we go set up on this spot that we'd been before. A really good, like, early morning spot trying to catch deer coming from, from bed to feed or from feed to bed, rather, in this scenario. And same thing as always, dude. Like, first light, we can, like, suddenly see a deer. Like, there's already deer on us, right? And it goes from being, like, it's a deer, it's a buck, it's a good buck. Oh, there's another buck. And these two bucks are doing things up here on this hill, and we need to go to them. Well, we actually, well, how it started is we were trying to communicate with them. I think we rattled, and I think we grunted. Couldn't get anything out of the rattle, and got some looks out of the grunts, but no responses. And after about 10 minutes, the deer just kind of end up over the hill, away from us. And um, I believe our thought was, hey, let's be aggressive those deer are gone let's go and set up where they were because that's going to be the pattern this morning that there's going to be more deer come down in that same spot yep well we crest the hill and we don't even get to that because those two bucks are just right there on the other side of the hill yeah they right. we I, I thought that that could happen but i didn't think they would still be right there i didn't either you know what i mean you no know, i thought that like maybe we might see them off in the distance or something you know because yeah. they were moving at a pretty decent clip whenever they left uh and no they were like right there and as soon as we crested the hill, we figured out a lot more about him. The deer that we thought was the biggest one was actually not. He had more tines. Yeah. But that that didn't always mean everything, right? Like, there was um, – actually, he might not have had more times. He had more time length, length. same well, number of times. And it, and it, and it could have just looked like more because he wasn't as heavy. You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, this it was just hard to tell in the, in the darkness. You yeah, know? exactly. When we first saw those deer, it was still very, you know, like uh, daybreak at that point in time so we climb up the hill and what actually we stumbled upon was a buck locked up with a doe well and there was a bunch of does at first yeah all there was that's right but that buck was still locked up with the doe further up the hill yeah and then the original buck that we were um thinking was the biggest one was out rut raging all these does running around, chasing them around and everything. Well, apparently none of those does were hot or receptive. He ends up coming back and kind of satellite bucking um, this buck and doe. And we really get to see some really cool deer interaction, like something I learned a lot from, mm-hmm. where this buck is a three-year-old. This other buck is four-plus. We think he's four, but, you know, it's hard to tell when you don't have history with deer how old they really are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't get to see them at one and two, like, trying to tell the difference in four and five and six sometimes gets a little blurry. Yeah. Um, he's mature either way. Yeah. Um, that buck has got a doe bedded, and he is not fighting with this three-year-old, but keeping him at bay. The three-year-old won't ever buck up for good reason. He's, he's just, a, like, letting him know he's boss, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's he's out, outweighed by, like, 30 or 40 pounds, yeah. I would bet. Yeah. And, um... We watched this for, what, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, trying to just figure out what to do. Um, we're pretty good and concealed, and we see all this interaction happen. And then finally, um, the younger buck goes and beds down. Yeah, they're like, they're standing there, and they're in the same place for a long time, pretty much, in case he's like, he's about to bed down. That's yeah. what's about to happen. Yeah, and it happened. That younger buck bedded down about um, 130 yards from us. And then the bigger buck kind of heads back up the hill to his doe and beds down about, I don't know, 250. So at this moment, it's one of those situations where you got to be like, okay, I'm going to take 
the best play. I'm not going to get greedy. I'm not going to go for the biggest deer, but I'm going to go for the one that I think we can actually get, and it's that one that's closer. So Tyler and I, long story short, you can watch the film to see really all the crazy stuff that happens, but we end up stalking up within about mm, 50 yards of that buck. And in all that, those bucks got up and down a couple times, and we had to, like, chill out and oh, wait, and they forever. moved. It took an hour and a half, I think. And um, ended up getting 50 yards from this buck. I grabbed Tyler by the boot because we're crawling single file <laughs> on our bellies. And, and I, said, I have the decoy, He's so got I'm the in decoy front. in front. And I grabbed him by the boot, and I said, I see his antlers. And I could see this buck bedded, and he could not see us because of the grass, but I could see the tips of his antlers sticking up. And we're fixing to make a play. I mean, he's 50 yards away. Um, we are setting up to do the decoy thing on this buck, and it's going to work. We're going we're gonna to show him a doe, and he's going to come to it. Because trying he to get a over a terrace. A terrace, yes. And so, like, I'm I'm over the hump, but I'm not all the way down mm-hmm. in the, like, bottom trough of it or whatever. Yeah. And you kind of pull up beside me, and we're, like you said, we're making a play. So just continue on. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what we're fixing to do. Like, you know, one of the benefits of Tyler and I hunting together is that we can bounce ideas off of each other. And I think it's huge for us because I think that's what really helps us get into these positions where we're having at least close calls, Mm -hmm. right? Because so uh, it's just where we can put our minds together and come up with the best solution to a problem. We're coming up with the best solution to this problem of this buck bedded ahead of us. The best solution is going to be for us to get him up and me shoot him right there at 45 yards because he's going to stand up, walk to the edge of this tall grass that he's in, and I'm going to shoot him. Well, while we're figuring this out, we look to our left, and at 50 yards, the other buck had come down to, like, just impose his bigness on the little buck that was still bedded, and they both get up at that moment and we're like oh no what do we do (laughs) we're kind of pinned right here now with no shots on either of these deer and the scenario real quick is like if you've ever seen a native grass field that most of the grass averages maybe 18 inches or so that's what this looks like like there's some grass in there that's four foot which he's bedded in Uh or whatever and then there's a lot of grass that's in that like foot to 18 inches yeah you know and so we being not all the way down in the trough of this thing we had some decent grass in front of us but we were we're two big silhouettes yeah, sitting there on sure. the plains you know and like as soon as the younger buck gets up he sees that we're over there and we don't have a decoy up at all at this point because we were like trying to talk right so like he just sees two things and he's curious enough and, and rutted up enough to come see what's going on but he's going to go downwind so and we had flagged we had flagged these deer both the decoy saved us several times. Yeah. Like, on the way in this stalk, we would, you know, we would end up, we would be like, you know, say KC would be looking through his binos for one buck, and the other buck would hop up to come impose his will or whatever, you know, and and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, right there on your left, you know, 100 yards or whatever, yeah. he's coming again. And we would flash the decoy up while he's looking at us and hold it there for 15 minutes until he finally, like, finally got cool like, oh, and whatever, went back you know? and bedded down. Yeah, and but it never did, like, the whole, I'm going to go over there and yeah, see yeah. what's going on about that, right? But, yeah, the decoy is super valuable in that whole scenario. And yeah. if we would have had the decoy up at that moment, it might have would have changed things quite a bit. I almost guarantee but it would. we have tall grass right in front of us that makes it kind of hard to get some shots. And then there's, a, like, a line of tall grass that this buck, the smaller of the two, 
follows to get downwind. And it's he's good. also coming a little bit closer. A little bit closer. And he gets to, like, he's at that 40-yard line pretty much the whole time. And uh, I draw, and I actually get a clean draw, I'm pretty sure, uh, on him at least. I don't know what the other deer behind us is doing because I'm just going to try to shoot one of whatever, whatever one we've got an opportunity at. Right. And I get a clean draw, and I'm drawing probably three seconds, which seems it's a very long time for that moment, yeah. you know. Uh, and I cannot get a clear shot. And when I learned from the last time, you cannot shoot through a little bit of grass. It ain't going to work. <laughs> you know, even if it's, like, right on him, you can't shoot through it. And I could not get that clean shot, man. And that buck ends up walking down and getting downwind of us and Took blows off. and just right off, right out of our sight. We can't see him anymore. And then all, you know, focus goes to the other buck. What's he doing? We turn around, and he's being weird, but he's not completely spooked at that moment. Okay, I'm let down, but I've still got my bow right here, and I'm pretty sure what happened. He had bounded off just a little, a little bit, bit, but he was looking. And then his doe gets up, and that's when you're done. We were, we had, we had, I threw the horn on the decoy real quick. We had one horn with us because yeah, because he'd been like trying to fight that other buck. We're like, okay, we'll show him a buck, and maybe yeah. he'll come do his thing. And he may would have if his doe hadn't got up, but yeah. that doe got up and wanted to get out of there. And I mean, he's going to do what she does, and that's what happened. And then at that moment, Tyler and I. Our hearts sank so hard because because yeah. our necks were hurting so bad. Uh, <laughs> and pain in the neck, man. Like for real, when you're like trying to like look up over the grass and you're all hunched down, it's pretty rough. But yeah. we'd worked really hard to get to that moment, and then just for it to be a situation where there's too many bucks to get it done. Yeah, it just really hurts. Like yeah. things outside of your control affect you constantly in hunting, and I think I learned that a lot this yeah. week. But now, I'm just going to tease this, okay? But we see that buck and doe keep going. Even while we're, like, in dismay and I'm trying to talk Tyler out of crying and all of this. <laughs> he actually did really good. I think we've had enough disappointment now that he's better. Yeah, just used to it. <laughs> but, uh, Forgotten what success feels like. <laughs> um, we were watching this buck and doe run off, and they bound off to about 400 yards and then stall and i'm so thinking, this is where this is where the doe not seeing us helped us tremendously I yeah think. yeah for sure she like didn't know what happened she just knew she was uncomfortable well she got to a place where she was comfortable and they stalled out and i and we thought they were kind of like looking at that other buck being weird down below us or something but we're sitting here watching them and i, I tell tyler it's like hey you know those deer aren't out of our lives yet so let's just sit here and watch them you know i didn't have a lot of confidence in it but there's no reason to leave if they're still right over there. Uh, they might come back or something. I think I said that, which is a dumb idea. I don't think they would ever come back. But <laughs> um, we're watching the deer, the buck, like, looking around hardcore and then kind of, like, turns around and lays down. Yep. Laid down, rebedded inside. Like, how lucky are we? Mm. And then here's where the teasing part comes <laughs> I decided to stalk this buck. And it got real cool. Dude, it got so cool. But you'll have to watch the video. Yeah. To got, see how cool it got. Yeah, it got real cool. I got real close. Yep. So is there anything from either the real cool moment that you've teased or the one that we just talked about that you take away is like being a very big 
lesson learned, something that you will do in the future that you won't do? Um, I, I think that something I've just learned, and you can't control it, but I think what it's going to help you to do is to, like, manage expectations, is to understand that in hunting, there are things outside of your control that you can't do anything about that will affect your situation and will affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's not going to help me kill more deer, but it's going to help me feel better about not getting it done. Yeah. And that's not an excuse because there are still plenty of things that I'm sure I could have done to make it better, you know, crawled a little further not had to cough. I, I lost my rangefinder along the trip, and I had to crawl Me back. Too. Me I, to, I lost your <laughs> rangefinder. Yeah, can't find yours. But like, and just in that scenario, I had to crawl back sixty yards to go get the rangefinder and then come back. Um, like those moments, those that little bit of time saved could have killed me that deer. I don't know that, but I think the biggest thing through both of these situations is that things are going to happen that change what you're doing and you can't do anything about it yeah. and you just have to live with it and roll with the punches i think yeah. that's the biggest thing i mean i know it's kind of like a cop-out answer almost but yeah i think for me like keeping a positive attitude is huge when it comes to this stuff especially when you're on a hunting trip as opposed to like going on a hunt you know like if you're if you're like going hunting that evening something bad happens you can go home to your wife or go home to your your bros or whatever you got and just hang out and feel better about things but like when you're on a trip like this and and You've been, like, grinding it out for three days and working your butt off, and then it, like, goes south real bad on a hunt. And, like, you still got two more days to hunt, and you got to keep your morale high. Yeah. And if you just have a satisfied mind about things sometimes, it really helps you to be able to get up and go on the next hunt. Yeah. I've I've definitely learned a lot from you in that regard uh, this year. And, like I said, I... You were saying that I've gotten better at it. You know, it's just I'm trying to learn how well, to do you, that better. See, you've gotten better at that. We, you and I, just everyone has things that they're not great at, right? I'm not great at like being timely. I'm not like terrible about like forgetting. Like I'm being two hours late to stuff, but like, <laughs> I feel like five this, or ten minutes in the morning. Okay, so I feel like this is part of your. This is a. This is something that happens because of your positive attitude. My being late? Yes. Okay. You want me to explain? Yeah, I would like to hear that because I don't understand how they correlate. So I think that you, and like this, and this, I don't mean for this to sound like a negative thing because you, I think I love your positivity and I think that it uh, gave us a chance at that buck yesterday again, you know? But like you have this, all these, like you're like, oh, I can get there still. You know what I'm saying? And when really it's like uh, you're, let's see, there's like seven minutes until you're supposed to meet so-and-so and and it's a 15-minute drive and you still think that you can do something before you go. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And you're like, I got this. You're like, I I can do this. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so, so like, I kind of wonder if, like, like you have a hard time admitting defeat. You know what I mean? And so, like. It's sometimes you're like you won't even uh, you won't even be like hey I'm going to be late until you already are late you yeah. know you're like I can't I can, I can do this I'm I'm 15 minutes away and there's one minute until you know time or whatever I don't know I just I feel I like that that it. may be kind of part of I'm the, the a deal bit, you know um, what's it, what's it called um, mm, mm, not over ambitious but like uh, too positive about what I think I can get done what's the word well, overly for that? optimistic overly optimistic there that's the go. right that's yeah. what I'm looking yeah. for. It's a, it's a good thing though because, like I said yesterday, we had another chance at that buck because of 
that optimism. Whereas this morning, I'm still in the learning process of being more optimistic. <laughs> and we might could have had another chance at, these, at something that we're going to talk about here in a second yeah. uh, if I had been more optimistic. So mm-hmm. that's so, a, definitely a downfall of Let's mine. dive into that. And by the way, um, whenever I like lose optimism, Tyler gets real worried. And yeah. I need to do a better job. So like sometimes you set yourself up on this, I'm not going to say like I'm on a pedestal, but like I'm, I, I bring some optimism to the group. Sure. Right? And when I don't have it, you're like, oh crap, Casey, this doesn't is, feel good it about must this. must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and we honestly, ain't killing nothing. This morning was a little bit like that. Like yeah, I, I didn't tell. feel great about it. I could tell. Um, but it, it just as any hunt, like once you get out there and you kind of get the stands hung or whatever, like you're like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah. Well, it's like foggy. I feel like I kind of brought it a little bit this morning. You did. Morning. You brought it, dude. You know, for me at you least. Brought it. Like um, I was like, I was like, dude, this is just like the day we killed Nameless. It was. This is the it same was like weather a conditions. Muggy, and then got colder as yes. the morning progressed. Same wind, oh, overcast. It was good. Yeah. And but like it was like cute. foggy, which wasn't like Nameless. Like Nameless yeah. is pretty cl- it was clear, just clear, overcast. But very overcast. Uh, the fog got worse and worse this this morning, Oof. but at daylight Tyler says I think I can see a buck and then you lost it five minutes later you say I see a buck and I look at it in the binos and I'm like yeah it's definitely a buck so we're like kind of last day in it right so it's time to be aggressive and we've learned that we can't really rattle and get deer to respond so I've got that primo's buck roar which thing is bad to the bone. Yeah, in no way are we endorsed by them, but the Primo's buck roar like makes a noise they like. I'm pretty sure I've just laughed at the fact that there's a bu- call called a buck roar before. Hey, dude, marketing is just that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and and, I, and now I kind of feel bad about it because that call is a good yeah. call. Yeah, I, I like. mean it's it did it worked a lot this week. It gets loud. It sounds good, and you can do soft tones with it too. You yeah, know, like exactly. You, and but, anyways, I give this deer a good but you know, and he looks. And then he's starting to move, and then the fog gets thicker, and he disappears. We're like, what? I would I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and then we kind of like. We were actually, uh, I think we were about to rattle. We yeah. were about to rattle. At, oh. Remember? Yes. You were, we were like, we thought. Well, we almost well, kind of forgot about him for about 10 minutes, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I literally have the horns in my hand fixing to clack them together. And Tyler says, hold on. I said it twice because a lot of times I can't tell. I know that, like, when I'm looking away, you might not be able to hear me. Yeah. So I'm like, there's a buck. And then I turn around, I'm like, there's a buck. <laughs> like, listen. And, and so yeah, I, you probably heard me the first time. But anyway, yeah, I was, like, trying to keep you from banging the, yeah. the horns together, you know. And uh, and I, I could tell he was, you know, coming at us. And uh, so I, you know, pull the binos up. And he, it's, it's pretty early. It's, it's very early still. Um but I mean, not like shooting light early. It's just like uh, still getting a lot lighter by oh, the minute. It's such a like thick fog cloud day that like yeah. I mean, it was probably seven o'clock. Yeah, right? and it's still kind of hard to see. Yeah, I I, uh, I think by the time everything was kind of like we had wound down, I looked at my clock and it was already eight. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so he's coming, and I can't I can't tell anything about him. I, all I can tell is that the first time I saw him, I. I was trying to get you to kind of confirm, and I, and I never really got it out of you because I pro- you probably couldn't see him just about as good as I couldn't see him. But I was like, man, he looks like a big-bodied deer. Yeah. And so um, 
he ends up kind of coming this way and I got the binos. And so like, it's weird because like by the time he gets out of like the fog, he's close enough that we can see him pretty good. He's close, you yeah. know, like he's a hundred and something yards, you know, probably uh-huh. like low 100 yards. And so he, he's coming at the most open area, the most like vulnerable as far as vision goes, deer vision goes like the most vulnerable we are that direction yeah no cover that way and so he um so i feel like i feel like i can't move hardly and like mm-hmm. and i did move a little bit because i'm having to get my bow and stuff you know like, you're like you go get your bow and so like i'm grabbing my bow and uh That's another good thing about hunting as a pair like i can bino or actually at that moment because it was so foggy yeah. my camera was working better than binos and better than my binos too uh and so like i'm looking at him through the viewfinder on the camera and i know when the deer's head's down i can tell tyler to move and all this time we're not like we don't know if this is a shooter or not like this happens a lot to us on this trip especially like um it's like daybreak and there's deer right so like you're con you're like as as it's getting lighter you're determining whether you're going to shoot this deer or not and this deer goes from like being a buck to being a really big buck yeah and 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 he's coming at us and he's close you know and he's closing and he had heard our grunt is obvious you know yeah he's coming straight at us and on a beeline which i just looked up and it happens to be a straight line between two places just so you know yeah Um, so anyway he's coming on a beeline at us and he um KC's like kind of stopping me whenever he's looking up so I, you know telling me not to move and I'm not moving so I'm just kind of wigged out and here's the thing is we're supposed to have um we're supposed to have a wind that is easterly and he we like while he's coming the wind dies gets really still and then when he gets like within about 40 the wind turns out of the west and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And I don't know if that's like a swirling, uh, here we are, light and variable kind of thing yeah. or what. But there was a decent wind hitting me from the west. And he ends up stopping at like 30 yards. And just like, he's just nose in the air, just smelling because the wind is doing weird things. And so he's like looking and smelling and he stops. And for like several minutes, he's there. And then the wind just picks back up finally, uh, just a touch. It wasn't a whole lot, but out of that easterly direction. And so I felt decent about it, but he's still kind of working to our downwind side, I feel like. And unfortunately, there was uh, some dead timber and stuff that I think drove him that direction, Mm -hmm. or or he would have just come straight to us, and there's a trail at like two yards, you know, from our tree. And I'm kind of preparing for that situation because I can't see the other trail that he came down, which I looked at after we got down, and it's a great trail for him to come down for sure. But... He's coming, and and I forgot to mention that KC had told me he's a half rack, and he, you know, he, he you were starting to like, I think he's a half rack, and I'm gonna cry. Yeah, <laughs> and, because and, he's a giant, and you, I don't know yeah, how like, he generated enough force to break off. Yeah, but I mean, he's like a legit half rack. Like I don't even know if there's a brow tine on one side. Yeah, yeah, he's broke very low. Yeah, and so he. Um, he ends up getting close, you know, and I can tell he's a half rack. Man, he's like a. He's a big deer. And so I'm, he's getting behind these trees. And if I'm going to get a shot at him as a right-hander, I've got to get swiveled around and squared up to him a little more. And as he starts to come down this limb and get close to these tree trunks that are going to allow me to swivel, 
I notice another buck coming behind him. Oh, my goodness. And two bucks again? I, two bucks again. And he's probably 75, 80 yards back. And the, this buck, they're in tall enough grass that this, this front buck cannot see him. But this other buck in the back is coming way faster than, the, than this first buck. And so I'm like, you know, I'm like, Casey, there's a buck in the back, too. There's a buck in the back, too. He's like, okay. And so, like, he's, I was like, what is he? And he gets the camera on him, I guess, or something. And he yeah. was like, he's like, he's, you know, same deer, but both sides, full rack or whatever. And I was like, oh, crap. So, like, now, <laughs> you know, the greedy American in, T- in Tyler Jones <laughs> wants, to, <laughs> wants to come out and, uh, and shoot that buck, you know. And, uh, I, and so I start thinking, and I'm like, this guy's moving way faster than the other buck. Um, and here's my hope is before the first buck gets downwind is that this buck catches up with him enough that he's making enough noise or, and, or is in the vision of the, the first buck and that they see each other and it stops the first buck from getting in my wind and also distracts him enough that I can move around and who knows which buck I shoot, but at least I moved around without being seen and I have a chance at shooting both of them, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was one of those things. It was just, like, it was happening very fast. And both bucks are closing in, one on our stand location and the other on, like, our wind at, like, seven yards. And he's getting behind all these trees that I have a chance to turn but I never turn because I'm kind of, I'm kind of almost, it's not like just a, just a wing and a prayer thing, but it kind of is, you know, and, and hoping that that deer catches his attempt, attention before he gets to our wind. And he doesn't quite get there. He gets to like 40 yards and they still can't see each other. And the wind is decent enough that I guess he couldn't hear him either. And this buck ends up at like seven yards downwind of us. And this is a weird thing to me about whitetail deer. I, I felt like he was close enough that our wind could easily drift over him, you mm-hmm. know, especially on a morning hunt. But, I, you know, with the, with the way that the, the pressure was today and the, and the, you know, moisture in the air and everything, I could see our scent falling for sure. Yeah, you know, you know something we didn't do is ever let go any milkweed there to yeah. see what, that, what was happening there. We just kind of assumed that we had enough – like the wind was uh, pretty much a straight direction for the most part, minus that like that one time when he was coming in. So we just kind of figured like our scent streams over there were good. Yeah. But it could, definitely could have been you know a situation where it was just falling out right there. Right. And then you also think about this. You know, I'm I'm using it doesn't matter what stick you're using really. If you've got a rope or a, or a strap or whatever, it's going to have some scent in it, right? Yeah. So at three feet, there's scent. You know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of that's kind of an issue too if you if you you know have that running gun set kind of thing going so either way he smelled us but what baffles me about the white-tailed deer is that they can is that when i've been smelled before they will look up at you yeah and i don't know if you could see him at that moment but he when he smelled us he looked right up at us yeah i mean dead straight at me and i'm like how does he know that that's where that scent is coming from. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we've talked about this before, and I don't know if it's because like they can, they can smell. You know, their their nose is crazy different than ours, right? Like, mm. can they smell 
that treetop and know that it smells different than the tree bottom or something. You know, I don't know. Probably, yeah. And if they're like, okay, if I smell that there, that means this other scent's probably come from there too. Kind of connect the yeah, dots. Yeah, kind of connect the dots. Yeah. It's a really weird thing, but I know what you're talking about. Man. Yeah. And so at that moment, I knew, I pretty much knew what was going on. You know, I knew, I, I keep really good tabs on my wind, I feel like, and I, and I understand that. I understand that there is a very, you know, there's a threshold that they're going to get to eventually that is going to, they're going to lock up. And I can, I know when they're getting pretty close to that usually. And so I knew he was getting close. And I, and so I guess just, it, it was almost instinctual. I didn't really like premeditate this, but uh, when he bolted, uh, he's in tall grass. So he has to kind of jump. He can't just run, you know? And uh, so when, as soon as he bolted, I just like flipped my hips real quick so that I could get a shot when he stopped out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what happened. Casey and I talked about it a little bit, and we, we saw decide. two different things. We kind of saw two different things, but I do know that what I saw was that he pretty much disappeared out of my side. Yeah, um, I, so, he must have been behind just a specific limb or something. Well, there was a pretty good sized tree right there that he was kind of heading to, that was leaning his way, uh-huh. and I think he just got behind kind of the top portion of that tree, and I couldn't see him. Uh, and and I thought because I, I well, the reason I flipped my hips, I flipped my hips and got ready to draw because I thought if he if he uh, stops out there at 30 yards, I'm going to smoke him, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, KC thinks that he did stop out there at 25, 30 yards. Uh, um, I mean, he blew a second time. I know he I, stopped. I just don't yeah. know. I thought it was further. I turned around and looked and saw him jumping a log that I know was at right. 35-ish yards. And, and either way, I couldn't see him. So yeah. I didn't have a shot. Yeah. But that was my thought process was to get the shot. Well, when I jumped, of course the other buck – you know, like he was distracted by the the one buck, you know, getting out of there, but he also could see me at like 40 yards, mm-hmm. you know. And so he saw me and he's looking up. And at that point, um, it took just a second for the other buck to have blown and then for the first buck to blow and take off again. And I pretty much just gave up at that point and I should have been really still. Uh, but I had so much just like adrenaline going at the time like staying still was almost not in me (laughs) it wasn't in me because i didn't do it but Mm -hmm. uh if i'd have stayed still maybe the other buck they maybe there was a chance something would happen who knows but probably not because they were both you know they're both big bucks like 4.5s you know and they were probably both going to ease out of there you know what i mean so well it was one of those deals where we talked about it later um if we'd have had a, a decoy on the ground right there we would have killed maybe both of those deer. And yeah. you just don't know to do that. You don't know to use that tactic in that scenario, in that situation, in that day. There's so many things that we looked back and said, if we'd have done this, that would have You happened. talked about this. Like, it's like there's three options here. And if you choose one of the three <laughs> options, you'll have success. Well, you have 20 scenarios of that each morning or each evening you hunt. Yeah. So it's what? So that's like three squared times 20 or something like that right <laughs> yeah. so nine times 20 is well you know whatever that comes out to i don't I, 180 I, yeah 180 like one in 180 times will you get it right and it's probably grand, greater than that yeah right? yeah I mean, so like all these little things it doesn't sound like much you know like oh one out of three times yeah i can get that but there you have all these different options that you have to fill in as well and it just it can almost seem insurmountable. It do, it does because to get it done, especially whenever you. My wife says I say that wrong. Especially there's no X in it. Um, 
especially. <laughs> see, that sounds so like like proper, prim and proper. Yeah, and yeah. like almost just a little soft. Like especially, like that's that's. I mean, I guy. say it, but it just kind of. If you do your asses like this, yeah, it might be a little bit more prim. That's right. I'm just not a prim and proper kind of guy. Yeah, you're not. Anyways. Hey, throw the X in there all you want. As long as she doesn't listen, I'm cool with it. All whatever. right. Yeah, it's fine. She, she ain't going to. It, um, it, I do notice it, though, just so you know. All right, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I do notice that you scared deer off when we could have shot him, but it's fine. Uh, uh, it's a good morning, man. Hey, you – okay, okay. What? You – you just like got to tease and skip over when you scared some deer off. When I scared deer off. When you, when you teased, the one you teased about. What? The teased about? Yeah. Which? What are you talking about? The one you teased about. I don't know what that means. Oh. Dude, you don't remember teasing? No, I did not scare that deer off. Come on. Mm. No. Anyways. Good. Good morning. Good hunt. Uh, we are now headed back to Tejas. To resume our normal everyday lives, which aren't that normal, we do a lot of cool stuff. Got to go back and still try to concentrate on hunting at home, knowing that there's a tag burning a hole in both of our pockets in an out-of-state location with some really big deer. Yeah, it's man. I don't know. We kind of talked about this a little bit, or I may have said something about this. Uh, I feel like I did a, a day or two ago, but um, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough in Texas, man. Like we went and found a permission property, two permission properties. Texas? And it, no, it, you know, in Kansas. Okay. And did it pretty easily. I spent two years trying to do that when I moved back, uh, when I moved from Dallas back to the East Texas area and couldn't, couldn't get one single permission. Um, <coughs> granted, I was trying for some pretty, some nice properties, but these yeah. are, I mean, the ones we're hunting in Kansas are good too, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, we get these permissions, we go sit, and we see a three-plus-year-old buck every time, right? Uh-huh. Um, we go to public in Kansas, which we're starting to figure out that we need to get some more permissions maybe because a lot of people talk about... A lot of people talk up the public thing in Kansas, and there are probably some good places, but I know where we've been hunting, man, the the gas bill just alone to try to get from one decent place to another decent place that's not just like, hey, here's a bunch of 12-foot grass that may be a pheasant sand and maybe a couple quail. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just kind of... there's like I don't want to I don't want di- to you know diss it by any means. No, and, I'm glad and, it's there. It's something it's something that like I'm glad we've tried it and I'm glad we've done it. But having several permissions to kind of phase out a few, uh, you know, like or see maybe if you can just centralize some. Yeah, right? that's like, that's more than anything. A yeah. couple public parcels, a couple permission parcels that are yeah. all pretty close together. Then you don't have to run all around, and you can hunt a bunch of different winds on different places. Not, and not as tired. Burn anything out. You're making yeah. better decisions because you're not tired. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we're trying to what we're trying to do. Um, and I kind of forgot where I'm going. Oh, so you know, Texas. Um, I spent some time on some public in Texas, mm-hmm. and it's it's just not like hunting in a lot of other places. Uh, you know, in east eastern Texas, and the thing is, like, I'm still having to get up. I'm getting up earlier 
and we just talked about running around a lot up here. Um, I'm getting up earlier in Texas to go to some, most most of the time to go to my hunting places on public in Texas. Yeah. And I hunted 11 hours the other day on public and saw three deer. Mm. And I was hunting in good spots. I mean, like, yeah. beat in trails on good winds. And it's, that's just kind of how it goes. And I know that my Texas... Our Texas listeners out there that have spent some time on public understand it. Dude, and they're fist raised high right now. That's right. Listening. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get a pity party going here or nothing. But I just am saying that coming off of this trip, where literally almost every single hunt, and I'm not talking about day. I'm talking about there's two hunts in a day. Mm-hmm. We had an opportunity at what we call shooter buck, which is basically three or older. Yeah. You know. Well, man, when the habitat's good. That's the difference, you know, and the, the deer up here, they get to eat corn and stuff all the time. You know, yeah. they've got, you know, different types of trees and habitat and crap all along every border or whatever. Right. You know, there's just good places for a lot of deer to hide. And then if you sit up where you can see a ways, which we like to do up there That's because you can thing. call to them, then, you know, you, you're going to see some deer. I mean, and, if I'd have sat 11 hours where I could see for 500 yards in East Texas, I probably would have seen a shooter, yeah. I guess. But it just makes it difficult when you're sitting there looking and you got about 60 yards in three different directions and then the other three directions are like 40 yards. You know, if you're sitting in some thick stuff, it's it makes it a, a long hunt sometimes. Yeah. And uh, so like that coupled with getting up early and still spending a lot of gas money to go, you know, to these places makes it, uh, I just hope that I can, I just, I know that I will when I get home and get a day or two off, but I, I hope that I just keep that, that drive going to go get it done because I do have a buck that I really would like to shoot located. I would like for you to shoot him too. So, uh, let's, uh, do our best yeah, to sure. take what we experienced this week, learn from it, not get distracted by all these Canada geese flying around everywhere. <laughs> Cupping right everywhere. <laughs> Look at all Just of those. waffling down. Are those Canadians or Canada's? I don't uh, know. They, well, it depends on if you're talking to Luke Leahy or <laughs> no, not. That's right. That's <laughs> what matters. Uh, anyways, let's take what we learned, apply it, use it, and get some things done, man, because we are done with November. We are. We had it's a, sad. We, so every year we sit down and, like, write out our plan like optimal like when we're gonna kill stuff where and it has pretty much not happened since september like i killed an elk and that's the last like plan plan that was made that happened we haven't killed a deer since what october 6th it was early october yeah and it was a jackrabbit sized deer (laughs) (laughs) no she jumped like a jackrabbit she did uh that was cool but you know like i can't believe like not to get down because I'm still up, especially yeah. after our truck camp oh, pull we just good. had. Yeah, but dude, the month of deer hunting is over. I know it's that's the saddest part. It's like <clears throat> even in October, you're like, oh, can't wait, it's coming, it's yeah. coming, you know. And and then of course, all the way from like July on, you're like that too. Yeah, but, sure. But uh, it's the first like as soon as like the temperature actually starts to kind of go down the bell curve, you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, you know? yeah. And then now. We talked about this earlier. Like, there is a day in November, which I feel like is probably the 18th, where <laughs> you're like, oh, it's actually oh. not as good as it was yesterday. And so on and so forth until, like, it's to the point where you're like, man, these antlers might fall off after I shoot this deer, you know? <laughs> like, 
uh, and don't get me wrong, big deer killed in December all the time. Tyler's kids killed some big deer in December. I have in the past, like, it's not that deer hunting is over, but man, the, the like, the traditional rut dates are over. There, a lot of places aren't going to be like the Midwest. You're going to still see a lot of rutting activity, especially back home for us. Yeah. So it's something to look forward to, but it's always going to be spotty. You never know when you're going to be there on the right day whenever it's going to be going down. So it's kind of an encouragement um, and uplifting to know that time spent in the stand can pay off still. Yeah. You know? And even if you're not in that rutting activity, if you've got a good food source or just an okay food <clears> source <throat> or you sprinkle some chum corn on the ground, you know, like mm. you can get it done. That's what we have to tell ourselves. Well said, sir. Ooh. You know, one thing, this is just a side note. I know we've been, we're, this is a long podcast, but um, this is kind of a side note, but I also like part of what you just said. I wish that, like, I wish that a long time ago somebody smart had been like, hey, let's make a WMA out of someplace in South Texas that's <laughs> like 20,000 acres. Yeah. And because, there's a you know like mid-december rut there like how yeah. cool would that be man that'd be nice i know but now it's just bought by millionaires and you can't get any access down there <laughs> yeah and so it's kind of oh you can it's just pay to play that's brother. that's right that's right yeah. i mean i just i can't get any access down there nope. so but i don't know i just like I, that would be cool to be able to hunt the rut again in december you know yeah i hadn't done that in a long Maybe time we need to go there. alabama that might be what we need to do yep but uh until i could punch this tag up here i probably won't go to alabama mm, i'm probably not going to bama no uh, yeah. not if that's the case i would much rather go to the midwest and uh, we've got good opportunities up here too you know in yeah. later seasons uh yeah a good friend of ours steven spurlock he's been on the podcast before um makes some really sweet films about deer hunting and turkey hunting and elk hunting all kinds of stuff he says this is his favorite time of year yeah. once the deer get in post rut and they're more patternable. Yeah. He says it's time to slay giants. So uh, it, it, it's mine let's too. Slay some giants. I've dude. done. I've shot a lot of them in December, man. It's a, it's a good month, uh, but you got to find some food. I <laughs> that's feel like. the month I was born in. <laughs> I mean, that makes it a great month. Um, yeah, that's for sure. So anyway, don't forget here at the end of this thing, a couple plugs. Make sure uh, the Instagram has anybody claimed one yet. Oh no, they haven't. Oh my still, goodness. These people are crazy. Oh my um, goodness. So. We still have four Onyx premium memberships, one-year premium memberships to give away. And if nobody claims them by next Thursday, this uh, we're going to pick four more new winners. Yeah, that's or right. Or whoever, you know, however many yeah, If you claimed. win twice, then you've really, you're really lucky. <laughs> yeah. So you better claim that sucker. Yeah. So. Also, don't forget, we really love iTunes reviews. If you yeah. have listened to this podcast for an hour and 30 minutes, then we know that you love us. That's right. So show us some more love and leave us an iTunes review because it really helps us out a ton. Yeah. And you guys might. I said we weren't doing any more giveaways for iTunes reviews the rest of the year, and we're not. But in the future, any review that is has been posted is going to be up for a pretty sweet eligible deal. for the sweet pretty deal. sweet deal mm-hmm. so anyway uh that'll be obviously next year but next year is pretty close oh real close yeah um how you feeling about your texas hunting in the next uh, week or so next week or so are you oh. gonna do any of it yeah uh, i'm gonna try to yeah um if you said next month or so, I'd say, yeah, I feel real good. Uh, next week or so, I mean, i got to get back and see what's going on. Yeah. You know, because things have changed quite a bit since we left. One thing about Texas is that we got that trickle rut thing, and 
um, there's going to be some a good bit of doe cycling back in in the upcoming week, week and a half. So we're liable to see a good little peak in rut activity mm-hmm. again soon. So uh, I feel pretty good about it, good. to the truth of the matter. You got you a new spot, too, it looks like. Ooh, how about that? So um, I guess we can kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Y'all keep me and my wife in our prayers, but I think we are about to purchase a property. I'm going to have my very own, not large, Big buck but paradise. a really well-placed property yeah. that I ran a trail camera on for about three days and had about five or six bucks on it. So, yeah. and a bunch of pigs, which I got to go get taken care of because I hate them. Mm. Um, but yeah, got some uh, a new hunting property. One acre that, right in the middle of the Hagman. That's right, right in the middle of the Hagman. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's it's gonna be good. I uh, I'm gonna do it. I mean, I told Tyler jokingly, I'm on the 50 year management plan over there, so I ain't just gonna go over and shoot a buck. Like this year, if I see a four year old over there in the last you know two or three weeks of the season, I might shoot him if he looks like a deer that's not going to grow anything crazy but it's a place that i can micromanage a little bit and and maybe see some really older deer so are you looking uh, to get them to 50 uh i'd like to yeah just because the notoriety that would come with having a 50 year old whitetail <laughs> in your place but besides that no yeah. no i don't think so i think uh it's just gonna be uh i would love to shoot some five-year-olds man yeah. that's just like that's the number dude we Five saw a fifty-year-old on this trip. Oh, we I think. might have. Goodness gracious! <laughs> it was the oldest. We're going to talk about that in another time. Maybe we can. Uh, we should do some hunting story stuff. I know we do big buck breakdowns, but like just a good old hunting story podcast might yeah, be cool. That would be cool. Might have to do that in January or something. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, so the Texas thing is exciting. We've got some potential there. Yeah. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, and uh, we hope to be back up here. And you know, season. speaking, you you mentioned the prayers thing. Um, you know, I, I had kind of like said this in a different way this morning, but uh, my dad says it all the time. You're going to kill as many big bucks as God wants you to kill. You That's know? true, man. So whatever, whatever's going on with this season and we're having so many close calls, there's a reason for it, you know. He said, you not heads, just learn some stuff. That's Stop right. worrying about it. Yeah, y'all need to learn before you act like y'all can kill everything. Uh, I, I don't know, but there's a, there's a reason for sure. And, and those close calls, man, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about it and, the more I sat there and looked at that seven-yard spot, I, I definitely struggled with it. But I also was, man, I was super thankful sitting there that we got to experience That's that this fun, morning. man. How often do you get to call in two mature bucks at the same time? Yeah, pretty neat, pretty neat. Yeah. So, anyway, is there anything else we need to house cleaning stuff? That's all or? I got, brother. All right, man. Well, let's get out of here. I uh, hope you guys are having a great week. And the weekend is coming, man. So, uh, y'all stay chill. And remember, this is your element. Living it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home 
overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. 